0: skills podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Golly from PwC. Today I'm joined by Tony Gallagher, Professor of Education from Queen's University Belfast, whose research focus is on education in divided societies. I'm also joined by Justin Edwards, the CEO of SIA, who sets the NI curriculum. This podcast series is all about looking at how we can make sure that everyone has the right to live, learn and participate in a digital future. Following on from the discussion from the first podcast, which looked at the digital skills gap, we are taking a deeper dive into our education system in NI. So to set the scene, in the UK, Northern Ireland has the highest number of people aged between 30 and 34 who have not completed post-primary education. And with a bit of funky mathematics, I'm pretty much in that generation. So those are my peers that I am currently working with. In contrast, we produce more young people who go to university than any other region. It would seem that our education system works for you, or it doesn't. It's a tale of two extremes. Therefore, do we need something bigger to tackle this gap? That brings me to you, Tony. You recently posed the idea that perhaps we need a grander vision of what we might want all our young people to gain from all the years that they spend in education. What does that look like? Well,
1: if you look at what we currently talk about, we're often driven by targets around numbers of qualifications, and that's a very, very narrow, a very impoverished sense of what education's about. I think we need a grander vision, which is something along the lines of uh, offering a guarantee that every young person, by the time they have finished uh, education, they have qualifications, attributes, experience is something that will allow them to live a fulfilled life as a citizen. Now what that means in practice is not easy to define, but one of the things different government departments and other agencies would have to do is sit down and try and work out what that means and then then try and work out how how they would deliver it. It means there needs to be lots of different routes, lots of different opportunities, lots of options, but that's what we need to provide.
0: I think the thing that sort of you're saying there is that we need everyone's involved there's lots of stakeholders in this it's just not the status quo and that do we need to potentially rethink the metrics and KPIs are not maybe the way to drive this forward? You know, that looks bigger, like what are we trying to achieve yeah. here? Well,
1: I mean, we have this sort of curious anomaly that we have a si- system, education system, which is largely driven by a very narrow set of indicators. Yet at the same time, we have this hugely unequal pattern of outcomes and there's something just not working. Um, this has been happening for an awful long time. There's been some movement and some change, which is good, but it re- that remains a broad pattern in the system. And as a matter of urgency, we need to do something about that fairly soon.
0: Yeah, and uh, do you think there's maybe something to learn from other societies? So I'm a big fan of Scandinavia Nordics, sure. and they have a great education system known for not testing, you know, not, not having too many tests, this continuous learning, and yeah. everybody's write it is there something to be learned from that
1: kind of Well, absolutely there isn't a a silver bullet you can take a system and drop it into Northern Mm -hmm. Ireland and everything will be perfect but there are systems in the world that combine excellence and equity and because it can be done there there's absolutely no reason why it can't be done here and so we need to try and and there's actually plenty of good evidence on some of the things you need to put in place to try and make that happen Uh, that's not what we focus on at the moment unfortunately but that's what we need to to, to uh, identify and to change our sense of priorities.
0: And just focusing on your research around the idea of divided societies, does, is Northern Ireland like a special case? Are we different because of our legacy and uh, the, the society that we're currently living in and uh, the legacy of the Troubles, I suppose?
1: Well, Are here are beginning to get attention to that helps. I think helps to explain or potentially helps us to understand why, uh, particularly in areas of concentrated disadvantage, why there are some particular problems that need to be addressed. But we can do something about them. Uh, but we need to do something about them. So there are some aspects to our our unique circumstances that we need to focus on. But there's a there's general learning we can take from experiences of well, other places, particularly that uh, I mean we know in uh, sort of world class. Two most important factors are the quality of leadership and the quality of teaching and we can do something about both of them. Uh, and at the moment we're doing bits and pieces on that, but our, our main focus is somewhere else and I think
0: that needs to change. So so that's quite positive that we then have an uh, an opportunity. It's it's within our control. This yeah. is this is something that we can do. But I want to come to you, Justin. You while we have this idea of a grand vision, you have the tough job of uh, business as usual, um educating our children in today, you know, society, right now while also considering what is the road ahead, how do we get the best in the future? That's tough, like what's... How does that look, especially when employers like us are saying that the skills we want are communication, critical thinking, creativity. Um, How do we get that through in our education?
2: So I I often divide this into two parts. One is what do we want learners to learn? Um, What do we want them to accumulate in terms of knowledge, understanding, and the ability to apply that? Um, I think that sometimes uh, what gets caught out in the debate is well, we don't need knowledge anymore because we can get that from the internet. But that's not a truth. You still need to understand, and you still need to know a few things to ask the right mm-hmm. questions and answer and, and seek out the answers um, o- online. And the, the Northern Ireland curriculum is uh, is about twelve years old, and actually at the time was quite lead thinking. It, it, it's not the same curriculum as is taught as in, in England. Uh, we've seen changes in Wales and, and Scotland. And the idea of that curriculum, the Northern Ireland curriculum was to allow learners the space across a range of subjects to think, to problem solve, to work on projects, which then develops all these skills that employers are starting to say, we need more of this coming through. I think the challenge is then, it, is how we measure success. It goes back to Tony's point, how do we measure success when a learner goes through that journey? And what we have for measuring success is a system that is very, very old. It's an examination system that's over 150 years old. 100%. Uh, <laughs> yes,
0: I, I, I 100% agree. But and it tests
2: a range of those factors. Yeah. So I think we need to be careful that you don't throw babies out with the bathwater here. Um, there, are, there are a range of factors. You still need good communication skills. You still need good numeracy skills to cope in the modern digital age you still uh, need broad understanding of interpretive analysis, which you would get from subjects like history or yeah. understanding of data, which you would get from subjects like geography. So there, there there's opportunity in that. But in some way, those two, the, the, the curriculum and then how we're assessing it and then the targets are misaligned. And I think back to Tony's point, one of the challenges of the targets is that we're often measuring the destination rather than the journey. And yeah. we need to get cleverer around how we measure the journey in a in a broad way but that requires some quite big shifts in our approach to qualifications and assessment and how we and how we use them also mixing that and the, the point that that tony may completely agree with what is mixed in with that is you can have the best assessment system and the best curriculum in the world if it's not taught well in <laughs> yeah. combination, it won't succeed. So it, there's a kind of triangulation that all needs to move forward together.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's it. And I think you brought up some key points that we discussed uh, previously, that I'm a big fan of the classics, that you learn a lot from history, geography, science, maths, that people maybe don't appreciate that digital is new. And digital is great, but it's the ability to think and understand how do we, as an education system, teach something that might be out of date very soon. But we teach the people the skills to learn, maybe.
2: Employers can predict their skills requirement in about three years, at most five-year on a requirement. You know, emergence of new technologies is happening so fast at such yeah. a pace that we, we can't always predict it. But the underpinning skills that we can give a young person through the curriculum should allow them to evolve and develop with employer support. Yes. Out there. And this is why things like apprenticeships are a good idea. Yeah. Everybody mm. believes that apprenticeship are a good idea because it takes the underlying skills Takes you into the workplace, allows you to develop those underlying skills in application yeah. and apply them.
0: But 100. So big, th- any vocational apprenticeships, applied learning, yeah, but and and, s- and, s-
1: and space in school and space in the curriculum to spend more time on all those other sorts of skills but rather than chasing uh, an ever increasing number of of qualifications. Yeah.
0: So when well, when I went to school, the, the 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 goal was how many A's who yeah. went to these universities, yeah. and that meant, and that still exists. There is almost this. Cultural well, thing m- that university m- is the well, holy grail. May
1: a couple but universities yes. don't particularly help in us because yes. because of the. the com- uh, I like com- that coming com- from a university professor. Well, absolutely, but competitive demands we yeah. keep raising our. Our, our bar and it's only in a situation like for say medicine where it's we've got to the ceiling we've yes. had to introduce all sorts of other mechanisms to try and assess uh, identify young people who we think will have the potential to make good doctors uh, if we're I mean we're using qualifications uh, as a meritocratic measure but actually we should be using a broader range of things in this and not just privileging those very specific cognitive outcomes
2: yeah
1: and you, met, and you mentioned
2: earlier uh, Scandinavia uh, yeah. about trying to measure some of those broader measures And then we come to the point of how do you make a a transformation into those systems. I was fascinated talking to somebody recently about Denmark who decided to go for project-based assessment. You get a problem, you solve it over two weeks. But their malpractice rates, if you like the plagiarism or the cheating rates, actually rose in terms of their examination because the measures drive the performance, which then drives other behaviors, which are not the behaviors we want as a consequence of our education system. So how do, you, how do you ensure that you have a safe, valid, but also yes. reliable approach yes. to assessment that draws out these skills in a meaningful way back to employers? And I don't know if anybody's quite cracked that one yet, but I think people are genuinely trying different avenues to approach it. I think
0: so, and I think it's more part of why we do this podcast. It's the awareness space, you know, mm. that, that it's not just on the education, educators, curriculum setting, any of this, it's, it's us coming together. I suppose that harks back to the, the kind of notion of parental engagement, you know, parental influence is something that we see. Parents went to university or want you to go to university because that's to do the traditional things that maybe were great at one point and were the best route in. And I suppose I think that's a, a key maybe challenge that we have too, but I kind of want to challenge that there's indicators that say that parental engagement and ambition, are en- enablers within education. Sure. But then we have this scenario, say, with our like ceasefire generation, or our generation that may have of young people who've missed out in traditional education the first time around. When they're becoming parents, if they've already disengaged in education, sure. how are they gonna engage their children and the children that come after them? And uh, I think that's the worry that I have, that we have this polar polarization, yeah. that the people who are already disengaged their children might not engage. There's
1: almost sort of two challenges there, because on the one hand you have parents who, for reasons which are perfectly understandable, uh, have the ambition for their kids to be doctors or lawyers, Yes, Uh, and there's a huge number of want Mm -hmm. to follow that route uh, when actually there are lots and lots of new opportunities available, Um, and so uh, careers education should be given uh, young people access to that sort of information, and their parents Mm -hmm. access to that sort of information. So that's on on one level. Uh, The other point you're exactly right, a lot of parents uh, themselves had a torrid experience of, of school. Um, they're intimidated, scared uh, of going near schools and it's very difficult for them to uh, to provide the sort of support that many of us would sort of take for, take for granted. Uh, it's not fair if the young people are disadvantaged because of that and it's part of the role of schools um, and the government generally to try and help make up a new situation, help parents to to do more and we have really good examples of work in Belfast that have worked with parents to try and overcome some of those hurdles and they've been successful yep. but that's not done done uh, on a general enough level but we shouldn't we shouldn't uh, allow kids to be disadvantaged because of the circumstances
0: I think so I think that's that the fear that with anything that we're doing that yeah. we just make this gap worse yeah. and I suppose maybe that's where someone like employers might come in that if we are doing upskilling maybe it's for people who have been in their 30s and they're looking for a new career or getting back into education and they dropped out many years ago Yeah, how do we get them back if we can engage them again surely sure. that means that the children sure. and the, the young people that follow them so maybe yeah. that's a way to do it rather than go back to the traditional education that might have been scary once yeah. upon a time
1: and and mean one of the issues we haven't talked about it yet but it sort of hangs over all these sorts of conversations is the, the problem of academic selection um and the political consequences of that because we have had we have a political standoff on that issue um Personally, I'm against academic selection, but I see no realistic prospect of any policy decision doing anything significant in that area for the moment. Uh, But as a consequence, I think we continue to uh, promote uh, widespread inequality in our system. So maybe rather than dealing at that big strategic level, what we need to think about is where employers can potentially play a big role, to target some effort on uh, areas where the problems greatest to see what we can do to try and solve those situations it's not how you solve everything yeah. but it's it targeted a 10 or a 20 year plan to try and turn around those communities and turn around their educational experience and it's not something that can be solved by schools alone they need lots of help and people That's should work point. with them
0: I know is that maybe just a challenge of teachers that sometimes pupils are ending up in schools and it's on them to educate and that there's there's less parental involvement in something sometimes and sometimes there's too much parental involvement and I think we have that kind of balance well, that it's everybody. Well, well you know. if, you,
1: if you look at s- a lot of schools at the moment the amount of additional things that are being piled on them, yeah. expectations of them I mean there's a huge issue around mental health at the moment. It's a perfectly valid problem, but people saying schools need to sort that out. You cannot keep piling those responsibilities yes. on the shoulders of teachers. They have a frontline role, but they need to be supported by as many different people as possible.
2: I think, um, come back to your point about parental involvement and going harking back to a previous role when I, I used to work at Belfast Met, I worked at the, the college, and you would see, quite frankly, learner success quite dependent on whether parents were engaged in parents, even in the initial induction events. Yep. And so sometimes simple investments, harking back to simple investments, are supporting parents to come across the threshold and engage education with their young people and understand what their young people can make a, a tremendous difference. The work of the college in prison environments was um, also provide a new opportunity to reskill, re-engage yeah. and actually make other life choices and and take different right. routes and all these kind of investments do make a difference but I do I do think we also have to have choices that inspire young people to learn too often um, in that role and even in this role um, particularly young disadvantaged boys um, come through and you see them in the system that they are they're disconnected from the opportunities that maybe the school is providing them through the totally curriculum. Totally yeah. But once you take them into a different environment, say for example a motor vehicle environment, yeah. They, they understand and they start learning and, yeah. and the whole thing switches back on and becomes a much more positive experience. So how do we, how do we take out negative experiences yeah. and replace them with positive experiences that don't cost any more? Um, yeah. They just require a rethink of how we approach them.
0: I, I think that's the thing, that is just reframing it, you know, reframing the education. What is it to you? What's the purpose? What's the real life thing that I can actually see making a difference? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. most people actually want to genuinely get involved in the world Absolutely. make uh, a difference
1: I have never met a parent who doesn't want good things to happen yes. for their kids and it's a bit, a bit like going back to the start when we talk about turning things around where uh, in some senses we provide certain things for kids and say that's what, we've, what, you, what we provide you could do it if you don't tag it that's entirely your mm-hmm. responsibility what we should do instead is we want to give you a good quali- quality outcome and we need to try and figure out what if this way isn't working we need to figure out something yeah. else so it's down to the providers to try and work out the solution rather than assuming what we provide is all that's available, and yep. kids could s- uh, float or sink as as they as they can.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think in
1: the in the in the upper end of the
2: spectrum of attainment, should we say? I think one of the challenges for parents now is trying to understand what the world of work will look like for their children that are currently going through the system, because it will look radically different from anything that they experienced. Um, being a parent myself, it is trying to understand what that pathway is. And your point before, it's not about grades the conversation has to be about what is the young person learning? Is it inspiring them? Is it making them think? Is it developing a broad range of skills that will fit most employment? Because we can't predict the jobs that they will likely come out with. But what we can predict is the broad range of skills that will give them the best chance at those jobs uh, in the future. And there there is an issue where we're not having that conversation. We're having a conversation about how to become a medic or how do I become a lawyer, and and Tony made that point earlier, rather than what best broad bag of skills are gonna give me the opportunity of employment.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's a difficult thing. Like careers in schools is already challenged. They've got all these needs of all these diverse children but also educating parents of what's there and actually knowing themselves, being abreast of all the, the future things. Like, I don't know what my job's gonna be in three years or my job sure. title due to the nature of what <clears> I do. <throat> I'm quite transparent about that, but I know I have the skills and I'm working on the skills that will make me employable. And more importantly, I'm gonna enjoy what I do. Like, yeah. I I like I have a great job that I enjoy. Yeah. And I think more young people are wanting that. They see that as a, it's not a put on your shirt and tie, go out. the drudgery no we want to change the world we want to get involved in society so how do we tap into that before you switch off you you can almost see the point in some young people where they switch off
1: and i think it's not insignificant that we're at a time now when there's actually very few young people leave school to go into a job that used to be quite common but they'll go somewhere else first so careers education often in schools often isn't about where you're going to go in the end it's about where you're going to go next Uh, next part of your educational journey
0: yeah and i I would even start to challenge is it careers education is this more for how to have live a great life how to have impact how to you know continue to learn and everything else you know a career is a part of it that's almost incidental these days we do amazing things and i'll have a great career and And that's less really my focus in some
1: senses that takes us back to point you were asking me earlier about some of the particular circumstances of northern ireland we despite the fact we're 20 years since the peace agreement, we still have a problem of sectarianism. We still have problems of a divided society. And I personally think education should be doing an awful lot more to help prepare young people to live and work in that environment and help make them architects of a better future. Give them the capacities and the skills to actually be part of a greater conversation about what this place could be like.
0: Well I think I think that's it. I had a conversation with somebody today. It's been 20 years since and there, and the, the conversation was yeah, but I'm only really starting to see change now. Yeah. you know really or in the world I or the area that I live in and I think that's something that we need to recognize yeah. as well and that's maybe and when you start to go into the world of work that's yeah. when you broaden. And, and one of
1: the ironies is we have I think one of the best citizenship education curriculums in the world particularly for divided societies but at this point it's the lowest status subject in yes. the in school curriculum and that's because of suppression all the other things.
2: I think exactly. the, I, I think that the, the two elements of the curriculum that too often get left behind is exactly that around good relations in divided societies and supporting learners and learning for life and work the idea that um we will solve this with careers advice the best careers advice in my (laughs) view is actually experiencing in in the workplace having conversations with adults or young people who are people who could be role models and if you look at most societies that are making good steps forward towards uh, skills futures, Canada, New Zealand, some of the Scandinavian countries, there is a compulsory element of workplace experience within inside the curriculum that is recognised. That schools do get measured on because it gives the young people an opportunity to think through what yeah. do I want to what what do I want to do in the workplace? How does how does this feature? But also then to come together and actually understand they would perceive as people from a different part of society and come exactly. together the first time and build relationships that then go forward into the workplace so these these two again are, are fairly straightforward basic elements don't require a yeah. large amount of investment can make a huge difference to the economy and broader societal so, balance so
0: th- the key thing that i think is really positive here is that if you take away the themes that we have large the, the makings of something here. Mm. We have the bits, we they're almost in place. It's almost do we need to rejig them into an order that works for that grand vision, that prioritizes things that once were not a priority because of the way the metrics were. Not that I think that we would fix anything today, <laughs> as much as I would absolutely <laughs> love that. Um, I know that we are probably running out of time and the fact that I could sit here and chat to you two <laughs> all day and you're very busy people. So um I think it would maybe wrap up and sort of just your final thoughts like what what is it if you were to maybe give a call to action or something for us the people listening what would that be
1: well, w- one of the big things i've been involved with in the last nearly 20 years is shared education encouraging school collaboration schools working together in local areas and we think there's plenty of evidence is making a tangible impact in societies government in northern ireland is too siloed siloed between departments <coughs> and even within departments and my big call is to Pull down those silos and get people working together across all those divisions because that's the only way we can solve these big problems.
2: Uh, I'm going to call it to two different categories of your listeners, but you know they they might be in the same space. I think if you're an employer, open your doors to young people, allow them the opportunity to come and experience the modern workplace and understand what that means, and have conversations and role model for them. I think if you're a parent. Start asking the question not how is the school performing, but what is the school teaching? What uh, what are uh, what am I asking my young person, my child, what have you to go in and learn and start that fundamental question? It's a different question from how many grades are they going to get.
0: Exactly, I think it's are the the key thing that keeps coming up. Are we asking the wrong questions? Mm. And that comes up time and time again. And that's the idea. It's like. What's the impact here? And thank you very much um, for your time. Uh, It's been a pleasure. And if you like this, subscribe so you do not miss out on the next episode. This is New World, New Skills. I'm Rachel Golley. Thanks for listening. Be kind. Stay curious. Do good.